his grace and his peace be upon you all the days of your life as you focus on him, the author and finisher of our faith. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Today we gather in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we purely focus on the Holy Spirit to counsel us, to teach us and to give us a wisdom that can allow us to draw nearer and nearer to him. The Bible says, when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Amen. So the greatest question is how do I draw near to him? Today, I'm speaking about a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. Yes, it's very powerful. And I'm, I'm blessed uh, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ for the Holy Spirit to even allow me to see these treasures and pearls from the Old Testament that gives us clarity of how we can walk with him and how we can discern to have a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. Remember, this, this session or the five components is a, is a hearing heart. These five components I've covered now <clears throat> have a heart of obedience, a heart of discernment, and the third one now, a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. This is what prepares you to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be coming to God in unbelief anymore. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Lord, show me. It's deeper than this. Because he's going to show you the area of your heart. The things that need to be focused on. Before Jesus entered the promised land, he went into the wilderness to face the flesh and to face the devil. Before you enter any place of promotion with God, especially for a place of harvest, to seek and save the lost, and to be used as a vessel for God, you have to face your flesh. You have to face the old man or the old nature. <clears throat> and you, you, read, you read, the especially the Gospels, you read it and you see that before there was any promotion, they had to deal with the areas of the heart or Jesus focused on the teaching of the heart. So this is so important that your steps are ordained by God because a heart to walk carefully with the Lord, you begin to think, what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean to have a heart to walk carefully with the Lord? You know what that shows you? It shows you the area you most need to focus on especially when you get saved. So I'll repeat this out again. A heart to walk carefully with the Lord means the area that you need to focus on most. Does anyone know this? What area would you focus on most when you get saved? You can write your answer in the, in the chat. And for all the people on Facebook, you can also write, what do you think the most important area that you need to focus on when you get saved to have a heart that walks carefully with the Lord? What do you think the answer is? 
And believe me, say what's on your heart. Don't feel shy. But you begin to see, okay, um, is there order in my life? Am I, am I in tune with the Holy Spirit? You begin to ask yourself that question. Am I in tune with the Holy Spirit? Have I learned the secret of where he needs to focus on first? Because I can tell you now, many people are, are praying for blessings from God and they're praying to be used by God. And they're praying for all these things that, that you're meant to operate in, but they miss the first step of going through the process of understanding what he needs to work on. So it's okay. You, you don't have to write. <clears throat> you don't have to write, but I'm just encouraging you. Please, um, you don't need a tippy-toe around me. Um, you know, open your hearts. We're here to help. Okay? We're a family in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and as leaders from the Lord, um, we will lead. We will lead, but we will lead from the back. We're here to push you forward. Amen? Amen. So this is interesting. So I'll share how I got this teaching. I like to share these encounters that I had. I had many... Um, spiritual encounters uh, last week <clears throat> and um, so I was praying can it, can everyone hear those cars that are passing by yeah it's a bit loud so can you just hang on a sec I'll just close the window Uh, sorry about that. Hopefully this is the last week. I've got to do something different before we leave the internet. So hopefully we're back next week at church. Thank God. Okay. <clears throat> so a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. What do you think the first area is? Where do you think the Holy Spirit wants to touch? You know, the most important thing for me is to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. But you must understand um, the areas that needs to be focused on. So our heart to walk carefully with the Lord. The church, the church world today says, you know, go out and tell everyone about Jesus. The church world tells you, you know, go tell everyone what Jesus has done for you. The church world tells you to go and bear fruit and, and, and be uh, uh, the image of Christ Jesus. And believe me, this happens in the right time. But God has to deal with something so much deeper. I believe many people online here, many people don't pray as much as they need to pray. Many people are not praying in the Holy Spirit as they need to pray. Many people have stopped fasting like they need to fast. I really believe that it's something deeper that needs to be focused on here. See, a person who's um, ill-disciplined or um, they haven't come to a place of true commitment to God, 
um, speaks in itself. That speaks in itself. That there are there that, that there are uh, faulty foundations, or they're in a place still where they're wrestling with the flesh, or they're in a place still that they they are they are in sin. And the most important thing is to get the foundation right. I feel from this teaching about a hearing heart is to get the foundations right. Okay. <clears throat> so I'll share what happened. So when I was praying in the Holy Spirit in my backyard, I kept hearing little by little. And believe me, um, I, I don't I don't hear I don't hear that. I probably never heard that from the Holy Spirit. And then I came into my room and, and the Holy Spirit said, little by little. And it's interesting what Tony shared on Monday, because you can see how the Holy Spirit connected those two teachings together. He preached about don't despise small beginnings. And it's, it's interesting it's because it speaks about how you begin. But it's, it's deeper than this because I'm going to show you um, what it means little by little that's given by God. Okay. <clears throat> so I chose that photo. Um, I don't know if you saw that photo. I chose the photo of one digging and he's going to receive the rewards. It's like, it's symbolic of um, the life in the spirit. So the, the crystal, the pearl, whatever it is, it's symbolic when you're operating in the Holy Spirit. Because when you're operating in the Holy Spirit, there's life, peace and joy in the Lord. And the other person he gave up. He gave up and he was so close. If you can see, not the photo that's here, the watchtower, the other photo that's on um, the, the page. So what happened was, um, <clears throat> I really feel that the photo spoke about what I'm going to teach here. Why? Is because he was so close, but he gave up. And for me, the most important thing in anyone's journey with their life to Lord Jesus Christ is that they have clarity to understand the process. Clarity is the most important. When you have clarity in your journey, you can fight it out. Clarity is like a vision. When you have a vision of what you need to become in Christ, you will walk it out, you'll fight it out. Amen? You understand. When you don't have clarity, you don't know what you're fighting against and you don't know what you're fighting for. And many people store, their vehicles store because they don't know where they're going. Does that make sense to everyone? I really believe a person to pray with purpose is to understand where he's going because his prayer life steers that vision. So the Holy Spirit said to me, little by little. And I asked him um, before that is, I said, Lord, I want you to teach me how I'm going to present a heart to walk carefully with the Lord. I want you to show me how I'm going to put it together. Because I want it to be the Lord. I want it to be the Holy Spirit guiding me so we can flourish and we can be taught by the Lord so we can grow. So the exciting part of it, 
is that when I heard little by little, I went on um, the Bible and I checked if there is a verse word for word. <laughs> I checked if there's a word where he says little by little and there was one verse that gave me the, the meaning of that scripture. I, I can't tell you um, how excited I got. You know why? Is because what I was talking about before, all those years, what I was preparing to teach you, it came to pass. It's like the Holy Spirit show me. Now you can begin to share, uh, I'll say probably with the world, what I showed you about the Old Testament uh, treasures and pearls that actually allows you to uh, refer to your own spiritual life in the present. Everything that God teaches is to refer to your own spiritual life. So let's, let's get into it. So I done a Bible search little by little, and it's in Exodus. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 to 33. So Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 to 33 in the Amplified Version. This is going to bless you. You know why? It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual mystery of how you walk with the Lord today in your journey. I'm going to show you here where Jesus Christ is and where the Holy Spirit is. And oh, you're going to be blown away. Anyways, I hope you understand it and you get blessed by it. I really feel that from week to week, many people don't understand the way I preach is because every day they're not doing their part to be in the word. Every day, they're not doing their part to be in the Holy Spirit. Every day, they're not consuming the word to find out what the Lord wants and he, what he wants to speak. So, so many people tell me uh, some, some things you say, it's uh, I don't understand. And I ask them questions. Do you, do you pray? Do you fast? Do you read the word of God? Are you in his presence? And, and they tell, many of them tell me they lack this area. So believe me, you will, you will struggle to understand what I am saying. But for the people who are hungry, they will get so blessed. Okay, <clears throat> so let's read it. So Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 to 33 in the Amplified Version. Let's go. I'm going to stop through pretty much every passage and I'm going to show you where Jesus is and where the Holy Spirit is, and it will, it will shock you. Behold, I am going to send an angel before you to keep you and guard you on the way to bring you to the place I have prepared. Okay? This is a picture. It's like a picture of Jesus Christ. Okay, God the Father, he sent his son to show you the way, the truth, and the life. Are you with me? Okay, now let's, let's, let's take the next verse. Be on your guard before him, listen to him, and obey his voice. That's the Holy Spirit. Okay, I love the Old Testament, but remember, for four years, the Holy Spirit told me, you cannot go to the Old Testament. 
And believe me, I wasn't even bothered about it because when I'm ready, God will show it to me. And I pray by the grace of God that you learn this reverence and submission to God so that you can not miss any blessings from God for your life. I really believe that so many people miss out on so many blessings because they go in their own strength. They go in their own understanding. Especially when things aren't going well for them, they take things in their own hands. They take things in their own control. And that can happen with God as well. So let me show you here. Be on your guard before him. Listen to and obey his voice. Remember? My sheep, they, they hear my voice and they follow me. And that voice now is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, now look at this. This, this, you begin to hear St. Paul's teachings in the Hebrews from this scripture here. Do not be rebellious towards him <laughs> or provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions since my name authority is in him. So we are under a different covenant, uh, covenant now. We are under the covenant of the blood. But it still shares with you in Hebrew that do not harden your, do not harden your heart when you hear the voice of the Lord. It's the same context. You begin to see that many of Paul's teachings from Hebrews is so much of the Old Testament. And it's inscripted for you to actually see it. So can you see from the beginning, behold, I'm going to send an angel before you to keep you and guard you on the way and bring you to the place I've prepared. Remember? Remember what Jesus said? That he's transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son that he loves. Remember? The work that is prepared for you, he will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus. You begin to see it's a picture of Jesus Christ. Now it says, be on your guard before him. Listen to and obey his voice. That's the Holy Spirit. Then he says, do not be rebellious towards him or provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, since my name, authority, is in him. Remember, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. You see the picture now? You see the inscripted picture of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the next part here. Do not be rebellious towards him. So you begin to hear, you know, don't harden your heart. Uh, when, when, when you hear the voice of the Lord, it tells you to not, it tells you not to, uh, how can I say it? When the Lord rebukes you, not to be discouraged. So it's a picture of Hebrews, of Paul's teachings when he tries to speak to us. Let me keep going. But if you will indeed listen to and truly obey his voice and do everything that I say, then I'll be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, I will reject them and completely destroy them. Now look here. It's the lands of the Perizzites, Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. It's, it's a physical manifestation of Satan's kingdom and his demons 
through the personality and characteristics of Satan. Are we listening? I've been wanting to teach this for the last probably four years when the Lord spoke to me about this. I was overexcited and I wanted to spill out everything. And, and the Holy Spirit stopped me many times not to talk about this. Okay? I'm going to explain one of them today, the spiritual meaning of one of them. So when you see here at the land, in the Old Testament, it was all about conquering land and dominating land and kings and places of thrones. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, it's, it's all about conquering the spirit. Satan is a spirit. God is a spirit. We worship God in the spirit and the truth. And Satan wants the same thing, to worship him in the spirit. So in the Old Testament, Satan's kingdom is a physical manifestation. So it's a, it's a real kingdom manifesting through people. In the New Testament, it's manifesting through the spirit. One is a tribe. One is a form of tribe. The other is a characteristic and a personality. One is a land. The New Testament is your heart. Satan fights over your heart. You begin to see the picture. So every single tribe here that I just spoke about holds a different characteristic and personality of Satan. And where does he want to enter? Into you. That's the most alarming thing that I've ever heard. He wants to enter you. And he wants to conquer you. And he wants to destroy you. That's his goal. You need to know this. You need to know this. So every single tribe, the Amorites symbolizes a characteristic and personality of Satan. And when someone walks in, in an area of one of these, unfortunately, they are operating in one of these spirits. I can't say it any other way. Okay. The good part about it is that when you're in the Lord, I'll show you what he's going to do when you begin to submit to him. Don't be discouraged. Don't fear. Because if something's inside of you um, that are fruits of these characteristics of their, of their personality through, through each one of them, all you have to do is acknowledge it and expose it. Most important thing, let's not play victim here. Let's not play victim here. Let's bring it into the light and we can begin to resist it every time he wants to come and we can live a life of freedom. God wants a free spirit. He wants you to live in freedom. Okay. I have a saying, yeah? So many people say, uh, you know, um, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to live free, you know, from from the realm of the devil. And you know what I tell people? Stop living like him. Stop living like him. Stop behaving like him. Stop thinking like him. That's how he lives. 
when you resist him, he will flee. But what are you resisting? Have you understood the deep schemes of Satan? Because Paul did. And he knew every time when someone was operating out of a different spirit. So this is a deep teaching. Okay. So let's keep going. You shall not bow down to worship their gods, nor serve them, nor do anything in accordance with their practices. Now it's interesting. You shall completely overthrow them and break down their sacred pillars or images of pagan worship. He's talking about the pillars in your heart for a New Testament believer. You shall completely overthrow them and break, their, break down their sacred pillars or images of pagan worship. You remember what Satan is trying to fight against and what he's trying to dominate and what he's trying to conquer. Satan, Satan's greatest scheme is not to destroy you. It's to conquer you first. Because when he's conquered you, then he can destroy you. But I find that the Holy Spirit is always one step ahead, showing mercy, showing compassion, and showing you a discernment to escape these areas. Amen? And believe me, um, when the Holy Spirit was working in my life, there was many things that had to be addressed in me. God's mercy is abundant. If there's one thing, if there's one thing that I can speak highly of, that during the process of God doing a good work in my heart, his mercy was abundant. And I can say this now. This is something that, I, that I've never been able to fathom. That he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So he says here, you shall completely overthrow. Remember? overthrowing the flesh completely, choke it and destroy it inside of you so you can live a place of freedom. You, you shall serve only the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread and water. I will also remove sickness from among you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? that when you actually overthrow the devil from your life, God can answer you. God can restore you. When you, stay, when you say no to unbelief, no to the flesh, no to rebellion, then God can actually intervene. But you have to see it deeply. The land of the Amorites, the Hittites, the Prezerites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, they are all characteristics of Satan and personalities of Satan. Is everyone registering this? Do you understand what this means? It means that when you're operating in one of these things, you're operating like Satan. 
Look what it says here before. Let's let's go back again. Then I'll be an enemy to your enemies. Remember, to hate what is evil, to cling to what is good. You begin to see that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride. You begin to see that it's deeper. But let me just keep going. You shall completely overthrow them and break down their sacred pillars or images of pagan worship. You shall serve only the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and water. I will also remove sickness from among you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror ahead of you, and I will throw into confusion all the people among whom you come. And I will make all your enemies turn their back to you in flight. I will not drive them out before you in a single year. Now listen carefully now. This is amazing teaching. Let me just get this. So it says here, I will not drive them out before you in a single year so that the land does not become desolate due to lack of attention. And the wild animals of the field do not become too numerous for you. Now, this is the key phrase. I will drive them out before you little by little. So the Holy Spirit took me into this scripture. It's an amazing scripture, and I'll I'll keep reading it. I will drive them out before you little by little until you have increased and are strong enough to take possession of the land. Isn't that amazing? Can you see the picture here? How the Holy Spirit refines you, how the Holy Spirit disciplines you, how the Holy Spirit works in the area of your heart. Can you see the picture now? If the Holy Spirit was going to come and work fully in the area of your heart in this moment, you can't handle it. You can't sustain it. You won't be able to stand if the Holy Spirit was to come full pelt and work in the area of your heart. You cannot cannot endure it. So you see the picture here? how the Holy Spirit works with you little by little. Look what it says here. I'll drive them out before you little by little. All the characteristics of Satan, all the personalities of Satan, I'll drive them out of you little by little until you have increased and are strong enough to take possession of the land. It's an amazing picture here of how the Holy Spirit works in your heart. I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, the Mediterranean. Can you see this picture here? It means it's a picture that he's going to establish you. Meaning that you've entered a place now where you are protected. How can you be protected when the enemy is driven out of your heart? How can he attack you anymore? How can he conquer you anymore? How can he give you a hard time anymore? He can't. Because little by little, 
the Holy Spirit worked in your heart to bring out these things so you can be established, established in faith and established by walking in the Spirit. The enemy has no more grounds to attack your heart anymore because your heart is God's. Your character is God. Your personality is God. And you are walking in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Can you see it now? Isn't that interesting? That before God can establish you, establish you, little by little, he's got to work on your heart until you're strong enough to resist the devil and walk by faith, not by sight anymore. The enemy has no more grounds to attack you anymore. Can you see the picture here? The Old Testament speaks much more about God working in your heart and what he needs to focus on. There's mysteries everywhere. And it shows you not to be discouraged, not to be impatient. Do not be impatient because when God starts to work on your heart and starts to surface things, guess what? It's only what you can handle. God will never give you something you cannot handle, but he will also offer you a way out of your troubles. Can you see now? So when you understand the area that, that Jesus Christ is focusing on little by little, it's a place for you to be, to be patient, yeah, not to be discouraged that the process is not going any more faster or any more slower, but to understand that you're in the right place. So it's interesting. When you read it uh, step by step, you'll start to see that before God can establish you and protect you from the enemy, he has to drive out what's really in your heart. Because Satan wants to take the place of your heart. Satan wants to mimic God. Everything that God loves to do, Satan wants to do it. In the natural man, in the fleshly man, in, in the rebellious man. Can you see this now? So I will establish your borders from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines and the Mediterranean. And from the wilderness, the river of Euphrates, for I will hand over the residents of the land to you. You will conquer and you'll walk in the promised land now. And you shall drive them out before you. You shall not make a covenant with them or with their gods. So from this teaching, you're going to see, how am I making a covenant with Satan? I know it may make you uncomfortable, but you need to hear this. How can you make a covenant with Satan? <laughs> I think I know why the Holy Spirit delayed me all those years not to preach it. I think there will be no one left in my Bible studies. <laughs> you shall not make a covenant with them or with their gods. They shall not live in your land. God doesn't want any characteristics of Satan or his personality to live in your heart today. How many believers are defeated today? 
how many believers are in uh, in a turbulence they're on rocky ground they're on quicksand and they're going through a continuous process of no stability they have no foundation and god wants to change this please listen he wants to change it he wants you to be free but you can only be free when he's driven those things out of your heart from your old nature or from your old man that you have bought into the new life of Christ. They shall not live in your land. It's a picture that the Holy Spirit, why did Jesus come? Jesus came to destroy all the works of the devil. Where? In your heart. So many people, and I say it again, so many people are fixated on salvation. So many people are fixated on salvation and not with discipleship. That's the church world today. So they wait for salvation until they die, but all those years they live defeated. All those years they live in an area where they didn't uh, walk in God's presence and rest in the Holy Spirit and be led by him to do what you were called to do, each one of you. So they shall not live in your land because they will make you sin against me. What's the enemy do? That's his plan. Is to mock God inside your heart. And believe me, we have all been there. Let's not shy away from this. But God wants to free us. Because if you don't drive them out of your land, they'll make you sin against God. You will live a life of inconsistency. You will live a life of continuous stumbling. You live a life where you're not witnessing the Lord. For if you serve their gods, it is certain to be a trap for you resulting in judgment. You see what the enemy's plan is? The enemy's plan is not only to destroy you. Your enemy's plan is to send you to hell. Do you understand? The enemy's plan is to send you to hell. That's it. If there is one major plan and one major principle from the devil is to take you to hell. You need to know this. Jesus doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's interesting why the Holy Spirit doesn't let me get out of this teaching. You know why? Because this is what we need to hear. For if you serve their God, Satan and his kingdom, it will be a certain trap for you resulting in judgment. Satan doesn't get you to follow him. He gets you to sin against God, and then you get judged by God. Yeah, so... Let's, 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 let's rephrase, let's rephrase. Let's rephrase from what I just preached. 
Old Testament is a physical manifestation. New Testament is a spiritual manifestation. Old Testament was about fighting against different tribes. New Testament is about fighting Satan's kingdom and his characteristics and his personalities. I want you really to get this. Old Testament was about conquering land. New Testament is about conquering your heart and your spirit. Old Testament was about naming the different tribes and their practices. New Testament is exposing the different types of demonic characteristics and their personalities. Old Testament, God warned them not to associate with the different tribes and their pagan worship and their rituals. New Testament, Satan's greatest tactic and goal is to bring those different demonic characteristics, personalities, and mindsets into your heart spiritually. Old Testament is an outward appearance of the devil and his kingdom. New Testament is an inward appearance of the devil working in your heart. Can we see the picture now? Okay, it's good. So I can give you an overview about the history of the of what I'm going to preach today, but I think I'll just leave this out. There's so much to preach about. Okay. Well, actually, I'll, I'll share a little bit about this, just to give you a feedback of the history about um, the first tribe I'm going to speak about, um, the spirit of the Amorites. That's what I'm going to be speaking today. I'm just giving you an overview of it. So the Amorites were an ancient uh, tribe mentioned frequently in the Old Testament. They were descendants from the sons of Canaan. The land of the Amorites included Syria and Israel and also some of the southern mountains of Judea. We were also called the hill country of the Amorites. So you begin to see an Old Testament picture where, where the nation of God used to intertwine with the people of the Amorites, learning their customs and learning um, their pagan worship and their idolatry. So it's a picture of how the enemy wants to intertwine with God's spirit in your own heart. Does that make sense, everyone? So is it possible for, for the Holy Spirit to be inside of you and the enemy is intertwining with that? By all means, yes, it is. Okay. So two kings of the Amorites named Sihon and Og were defeated by the Israelites under Moses' leadership. Five Amorite kings were defeated by the people of Israel, and the victory was won. Um, I'll give you all the references in our signal. Peace existed between Israel and the Amorites. Less than a century later, King Solomon forced 
the remaining Amorites into slavery and later on either died up or were absorbed into the culture of Israel. So you begin to see that when we get saved, we can have the culture, or speaking physically, you can have the culture of the Amorites. But when the Holy Spirit came, he conquered the land inside of your heart, little by little driving out the spirit of the Amorites from you. And then you started to walk in the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh anymore. You start to see the picture? Can you see the picture now, everyone? That now, now here, it says here, less than a century later, King Solomon forced the remaining Amorites into slavery and later on, remember, the flesh serves the spirit. You begin to see the picture now? The flesh serves the spirit. Not the, not the spirit serves the flesh. We are to serve the spirit now. That's what it's saying here. It's saying here, that they were absorbed into the culture of the Israel, meaning they had God's attributes and characteristics. Okay. The Amorites were known as a fierce warrior during their prime. It shows you how evil they are when they enter the place of your heart. How fierce they are. Whenever you see a fierce enemy in the Old Testament, it shows you how discerning you have to be just to be on guard against the enemy, like a like a soldier, and and let me let me let me explain more to you here. You see the different tribes. All they were doing in the Old Testament, they were going to war with each other. It's a picture of spiritual warfare, and that we cannot let our guard down. You begin to see, whenever you see God's, um, the nation of Israel, in the Old Testament, fighting with different types of nations and foreign gods of different tribes, you begin to see, it's all speaking about spiritual warfare. You have to be so on guard with the discernment to watch over your heart and to walk carefully with the Lord. This is what this teaching is about. <clears throat> so the Amorites were known as a fierce warrior during their prime. Despite the strong numbers and military, the Amorites were destroyed due to their worship of their false gods. And you've got to understand, God led them into every battle. Israel's conquest of the land was part of God's judgment on their pagan Amorite culture. Okay, so now you see a physical picture of the Amorites. Let's get into the spiritual. Okay, so be blessed. If things in your heart are surfacing, be blessed. Because it's another chance for you to allow the Holy Spirit to free you from this area so you can be used by God and rest in Him. So Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2, verse 28 to 29 in the New Living Translation. If we can all turn there, please. Now, remember, for four years, the Holy Spirit introduced these deep spiritual meanings about Satan's kingdom, his culture, his characteristics, and his personality from the Old Testament. And um, 
it's it's amazing. <clears throat> so Romans chapter two, verse twenty-eight to twenty-nine. Let's read what Paul says here. I want to give you a picture of what I'm preaching about here, so you can understand. For you, for you are not a true Jew just because you were born of the of Jewish parents or because you have gone through the ceremony of circumcision. Now, this was given because of the law of Moses. Are you all with me? Okay. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. A true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And the person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. God praises. God's, God is praised over your life and he praises, he praises you because you have a changed heart. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so you can be transformed in the heart. And how much of the enemy now is intertwining in believers' hearts and they live a life defeated. They live a life of failure. They live a life of hopelessness. They live a life of rebellion. They live a life in the natural. You begin to see. You begin to see how many people today are suffering, especially the body of Christ. Okay, so you begin to see here, he's, he's saying here, it's not by name anymore, it's by the spirit now. It's about the change of heart. Okay. So let's get into the, let's get into the meat. Ready? I don't know if I'm going to go all the way. I'll see how it goes. Okay, the word Amorite. The word Amorite means to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. <laughs> oh, Lord. So the word Amorite means to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. So remember, Every different tribe holds many characteristics that Jesus wants to drive out of your heart. <laughs> and, I, and I'll put my hand up first. I've fallen in this area. And, and in my whole journey, there's been, there's been places that God has dealt with me. I like to speak truth and not shy away in any way. But I'll tell you, the journey is real, and I'm willing um, to be corrected by the Lord and to mature. Okay? So, I believe every person has done this in measure, and um, you can understand where it's coming from. Okay? The most important thing is to understand where it's coming from. It's not you. 
It's a different spirit trying to invade the spirit of God. Can you see this, everyone? It's not you that's doing it. It's another spirit from Satan's kingdom trying to invade the area of your heart. Well, I'll just take a break now. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. So the first one, the word Amorite means to, to, to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. Where do you see, where do you see the spirit of the Amorites most today? Where? I'll tell you where, in the church world. Number two, the word Amorite means to speak in order to murmur against another. <clears throat> the word Amorite means to say something in a wrong spirit, even if it means to hide behind the truth. Okay, I'll read them out again. So little by little, Jesus wants to drive the spirit of the Amorites, which is Satan's characteristics and personality inside a person's heart, because that is his goal, is to come into your heart. And when the Holy Spirit comes, what's the first area he wants to focus on? This area. I don't care if I'm casting out demons every week and I'm healing the sick and I'm used to be a mighty vessel for God and I'm doing these things, it's for nothing. It's for nothing. I refuse the most important area to have God in my heart. The word Amorite means to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. Well, that's, that's just the teaching in itself, the first one. You know, everything that God spoke from Genesis was all about light. Nothing of darkness. So for a heart to walk carefully with the Lord, you begin to see the most important area that the Holy Spirit wants to focus on. I've had many confrontations, you know, as a prophet from God and a person who has um, an understanding by the Spirit to see what's in a person's heart, I've, I've faced many confrontations, but I see why God shows me 
It's to actually free them. It's to actually free the person. It's to actually free the person from the groups of the enemy. Every single week, this is what I see, and God shows me the doorway. But I understand now, it's God wants to free them. The second one, the word Amorite means to speak in order to murmur against another, another common one. You begin to see how big the spirit of Amorite is working in people's hearts. But I love how the Old Testament brings such an amazing teaching. The third one, the word Amorite means to say something in a wrong spirit. Well, you think about that. Okay, let's go to some examples. So I'm not going to read the whole scripture, but I'm not going to read all the scripture. I'm just going to give you the scripture. It's from Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. And here, you're going to learn something so important about the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you, every believer that's listening, you're going to learn something about the Holy Spirit and why he flees from a person, why he cannot stay in that person's heart. You're going to learn something so powerful. And I'd like to, and I'd like to share it with you. So I'll describe the scripture from Numbers 12, verse 1 to 16, in, in, my, in my own words. When Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses, God heard it. Miriam and Aaron brought judgment upon themselves. They spoke because of envy and pride out of, out of the context of love. You see, Moses married someone not Jewish. Notice what happens when you speak against God's anointed and God's appointed leaders. This is a warning for every person here. It is a warning. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 9 in the Amplified Version. I'm going to read it for you. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 9. Now Miriam and Aram, Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Now, isn't that interesting? How do you hear it? <laughs> How do you hear it in the church world today? Has God only given this person the vision? He's saying it out of a wrong spirit. Can you see now? God doesn't operate like this. That's why you see 44,000 denominations today. 
Does God only speak to this person? It's a wrong spirit. Out of envy and pride is what uh, feeds that spirit. And then what do they do? They build another church or they register another denomination. That's why you have so many denominations today is because of this. The most, uh, in this area, it's, it's that spirit that's thriving in the church world today. Does God only speak to this prophet or does God only speak to this apostle or does God only speak through this pastor? And look what happens here. Now Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very humble. Now listen to this here. You see, God's showing you the perfect characteristics of God. Now the man Moses was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of self-righteousness. That's the biggest one that I wanted to speak about today. Devoid of self-righteousness. That he was emptied of self-righteousness. Why does someone want a platform? Why does someone want to do something for themselves? Because they, they are operating in self-righteousness. And it's true. But it's deeper like this. It can hide even without a platform. It can hide just for you wanting to draw people to you so you can have friends. Or just so you can be someone so people can uh, acknowledge for who you are. God promotes you when you humble yourself. I'm teaching you what the Holy Spirit told me in the, in, four years ago about this teaching. That's why um, the Holy Spirit actually allowed me to see these things and to protect my ministry. So many people say, oh, how hasn't your ministry crumbled? Or how, how, how are you still standing firm and you're not burnt out? You know why? Because the Holy Spirit prepared me for this. He actually prepared me for this. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And my heart has remained right by the grace of the Lord. But you begin to see many different spirits try to enter the church. Many. And God will show me every time. And he will show me in the scripture also. So the man Moses was very humble, gentle, kind, devoid of self-righteousness, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and Miriam, come out you three to the tent of the meeting, the tabernacle, and the three of them came out. The Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. And stood at the door, the doorway of the tabernacle, and he called Aaron and Miriam, and they came forward, and he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision, and I will speak to him in a dream. But it is not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, directly, clearly, 
and openly and not in riddles. And he be and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. Now let me show you something here. <laughs> uh, let me finish it here. And when the cloud had withdrawn from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow, and Aaron turned and looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. So let me show you here. Let me show you here this, this amazing principle about the Holy Spirit. So I said here, they spoke because of envy and pride out of the context of love. Yes? Now look what it says here. When you criticize someone out of envy and pride, guess what happens in, in your heart? Can I share this little treasure with you to protect your hearts? Guess what happens when you criticize someone out of envy and pride? You know what happens? The Lord departs. He doesn't sit in your presence. He doesn't sit in the area of your heart. That's how you actually grieve the Holy Spirit. So let me show you here. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. It's a picture. When you operate in envy and pride out of a critical spirit, what the Pharisees actually operated in, in your heart, the Lord departs from that place. The Lord departs. He can't rest in your heart. And his presence is not given to you. Now let me show you here. Let me show you a little key that will allow you to, to be free from this uh, demonic character and personality. But it's a picture that where God does not dwell. Where there is envy, pride, and there is a critical spirit, people continuously criticizing someone, you know that it's not the Holy Spirit. There is a righteous judgment, yeah? Righteous judgment is not to criticize someone. It's to go and see them in secret and make amendments and forgive and tell someone their sin, whatever it is. But a critical spirit... What does it do? It criticizes. And it builds an army of the devil to destroy that person. So let's, let's, let's look at this. This will bless you, but this will answer many churches of why the anointing is not in their church. Okay? This will show you why the Holy Spirit is not operating in many churches today. It's because this spirit is operating. Okay, God will not stay in a place of criticism. Remember, the Lord, the Lord from the presence, he departed from that place. So the first place, the Holy Spirit will not remain in a heart of criticism. Why? Because it's a demonic, it's a demonic spirit working through their characters and their personalities inside of you. 
So listen carefully. The Holy Spirit will not remain in the heart of criticism. The Holy Spirit will not remain in a family of criticism. Talking about your family, husband and wife, children. The Holy Spirit will not remain in a church of criticism. Why the Holy Spirit is not operating freely in the church today, this is a massive one. This is one of the major, um, the major tool of the devil destroying all the churches today. Because from the head, from the head, they are criticizing, they are comparing out of envy and pride. You see, you see what the recipe is for that demon characteristic, envy and pride. That's why God only answers humility. And when you want a platform, it's, it's very dangerous unless God has given it to you. Okay. All right. I think I should stop there. <laughs> okay. Let's read, let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 again. So imagine you're part of a church that, is, that, that are criticizing out of envy and pride. And they are operating in a place where the Holy Spirit is not. And you're part of that place. I, I feel for you. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, so you can understand a bit better. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. You see, Satan has a character and a personality of wickedness. In the heavenly places, you begin to see now what you're actually fighting against. You begin to see what you're actually fighting against. Satan and his kingdom, they don't just enter and attack for no reason. When you begin to see what's inside your heart, you begin to see, I need to change my character and behavior. I need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into this area. You begin to bring out, bring it out into the Lord openly. Father, in Jesus' name, I come to your throne of grace by the sprinkling of the blood to find mercy and help and grace in time of need. And then you confess those things that you've been operating in. So, so much of that so much that can, can, I don't want to go in there. 
but I'm just explaining to you how you bring these things into the light. But I'm just showing you the deep schemes of Satan. When someone operates in envy and pride, they are going to criticize. They are going to criticize in the heart, and they're going to criticize to get a platform. They're going to criticize to murmur against someone. They're going to criticize. They're going to criticize out of a wrong spirit. Isn't that interesting? When you deal with someone, God says to go tell them in secret. Because when you love someone, all you want to do is protect them. That's what Jesus did. But it just shows you how deep this is. This is so deep. And I can do a study on 10 weeks exposing how it actually operates. But if the Lord puts me in this place, then I'll teach you. If he doesn't, I'll move along. But I'm just explaining to you, this spirit, it's deep. Because many of us are brought up into this. Many, many, we have learned from family behavior that it's normal, it's common. People don't know anything better, especially for the family who didn't know God. in the way that we know him through his son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. So you begin to see it's deeper than you think. But it's interesting because Aaron and Miriam, you know, that spirit got exposed when God was blessing that person. That spirit got exposed when Moses was blessed by the Lord. They were coveting or they were envious or pride that God blessed Moses so much and they spoke out of a wrong spirit to catch him out and turn all the people against him. Can you see it? Well, okay. So one of the major factors that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit, the major factors that doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to remain in a church is because they have entered a place of criticism. That's the major, that's a major principle that the Pharisees operate in, whom Jesus said, your father is Satan, or your father is the devil. So you remember I spoke about before, is it the adding of God or is it the undoing first? Can you see now? Can you see the picture now? It's the undoing first. When you focus on the undoing, guess what happens? You attract the Holy Spirit. Because that's the first uh, realm of the process that you have to go through with the Lord Jesus. You begin to see it now? Your prayer life dictates where you go. Imagine you get saved and you're saying, God, use me. 
God, I want to be this. God, I need this. Instead of Lord, and do the works of the enemy inside of me through the Holy Spirit. You, you start to see now? Okay. <clears throat> so there is a name for the spirit of the Amorites. It's called a perverse spirit, a perverse spirit. Perverse means to turn from the right to the corrupt. In, in, an, in an easy definition, I don't want to give you the other ones. It means to turn from the right to corrupt. So I'm not going to read that scripture out, but I just want to show you. I'll, I'll just explain to you, actually, because I have some other scriptures that I want to read. From Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 19. That's my son's name. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1 to 14. Okay. I just want to explain the scripture. This was a place where God was at war with Egypt. Okay. I'm gonna I'm not gonna read it out. I'm just gonna explain it to you and I'm gonna read the last verse for you just so you can understand what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> okay, so, so Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 19 speaks about the proclamation against Israel, uh, sorry, the proclamation against Egypt, and it's from the New King James Version. It's a proclamation against Egypt, God was, God was saying in the whole chapter that he's going to destroy everything about Egypt in every single way because of one thing. And you know what it was? A perverse spirit. God wreaked, wreaked havoc upon the nation of Egypt, symbolic of the spiritual Egypt, of the bondage of the devil, and his rebellious ways, and God said he's at war with Egypt, you can begin to understand the pattern of why Moses, of Moses sent them. Sorry, one second. Of why Moses sent them, why, why God sent Moses to free um, the nation of Israel from, from that land. You begin to see the deeper picture because of their customs and their rituals and their traditions and their pagan worship, you begin to see why God destroyed that nation and was against Pharaoh and his kingdom is because they were operating in satanic characteristics and personalities. So you begin to see here that God was saying that everything about Egypt in every single way will be destroyed by God. Why? Is because if you read it in your own time, you'll see. But it said here, the Lord has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst, and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. So you begin to see 
the root cause of what caused them to fall into judgment from God is because they were operating in a perverse spirit. I'm showing you little, little snippets of what a perverse spirit is through the spirit of Amorite. He operates through envy, pride, and criticism. So if you read that in your own time, it's showing you, okay, can I give you a spiritual picture now? The, perver the perverse spirit, the perverse spirit, when it enters your heart through the spirit of Amorite, it destroys everything that is good. Remember, a little leaven corrupts the whole batch. So what I'm trying to say from the scripture in Isaiah is that when the spirit of the Amorite enters your heart, your character changes, your personality changes, the way you speak changes, everything inside is destroyed. Can you see now? So a heart to walk carefully with the Lord is a heart that focuses on undoing the works of the enemy. Because the greatest tactic of the enemy is to intertwine with God's spirit in the man. Does that make sense, everyone? To intertwine. Intertwine is something that's knitted together. A piece of cotton that belongs to the enemy, a piece of cotton that belongs to the Holy Spirit, and they're getting knitted together. That's Satan's ambition and desire is to, is to mingle with the Holy Spirit in your heart. And why so many people have doorways of warfare, doorways that they haven't closed yet is because of this reason. Satan is not allowed to enter any person's heart when he's driven out. When Satan is driven out from your life, his character is driven out of your life. His personality is driven out of your life. He cannot touch you anymore. Can you see? So when the enemy is continuously attacking you in certain areas, there is a door. And I love the Holy Spirit. He is a problem solver. He really is a problem solver. But what is he solving your problem against what? What is he bringing to the light? You have to understand that if the Holy Spirit's not speaking, there is something else that's speaking. Okay. So the spirit of the Amorites, when it enters, when it enters a person's heart, you know what it does? It destroys everything that is good. Okay, let's look at some scripture to show you a perverse, a perverse spirit from the book of Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs 17, 20. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 20. He who has a deceitful heart, okay? He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. And he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. Let's go to the next one. Proverbs 4, 24. Uh, let's go back to the first one, actually. 
He who has a deceitful heart finds no good. It means you cannot taste and see that the Lord is good. It means that your breakthrough will not come. It means you live in a place of an unrepenting heart, blocking God's favor and grace to enter your heart. If these aren't brought into the light, I'm telling you, you'll be a slave in the enemy's kingdom. So he who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. So it shows you the doorway of it is a deceitful heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. You see how powerful the tongue is? Because Paul, what does Paul say? Take every thought captive to the mind of Christ. You may get negative thoughts, but how you bring it into captivity to the mind of Christ, it's crucial. It means that thoughts may come. He's the prince of the air. He sends airwaves into your mind or into your heart. But if this is continuously happening, and it's getting and he and he is attracted to your heart, it's a big issue. So Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 to 21. A man's stomach, this is from the New King James Version also. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So it shows you, it shows you that Satan fights for your heart. When he has your heart, then he has your words. Then you're bound by them. Okay, let's go to Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 6 to 7 in the Amplified Version. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 6 to 7 in the Amplified Version. Now listen to this. It says, do not allow your speech to cause you to sin. And do not say before the messenger, the priest of God, that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry because of your voice, words, and destroy the works of your hand? So you begin to see the area of what the enemy focuses on. Enter the place of your heart, then he has your tongue because of your heart, you speak words, and then you're destroyed because of that. Everything begins with how you speak in any regards. But I'm just giving you a picture of how Satan, of how Satan and his kingdom operate through different types of characteristics and personalities and how his main goal is to enter a person's heart. So you can start to see, have I been walking like this? The main, the main, thing about today is to expose if you're actually walking in it. Are you operating in this? It can be maybe not every day, it can be weekly, it can be when it's when it's exposed. 
But do you see this type of pattern inside of you? You begin to think, okay, now I know where, where I need to focus. Okay. Do not allow your speech to cause you to sin and do not say before the messenger priest of God that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry because of your voice words and destroy the works of your hands? For in a multitude of dreams and in a flood of words, there is worthlessness. Rather, reverently fear God and worship him with all filled respect, knowing who he is. So look what it says here, that God, destroy, God destroys the works of your hand because of your, your words that you speak. That's the, that's the doorway how destruction begins to take place in your life. So you begin to see, even though you're going through warfare, even though you're going through challenges, even though you're waiting on the Lord, he shows you only speak light. That everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God is only what needs to be spoken of your life. The enemy attacks the natural. He lets you see something and speak it. I am defeated. I am a failure. You begin to see, this is too hard for me, this journey with God, it's too hard. How can I get to that place? You begin to see that all that type of speaking, it stems from unbelief. Satan wants you to look in the natural, in the unbelief and speak. So I think I'll stop there today. I think that, that, that's enough. Praise the Lord Jesus. I think um, we got a lot from this. You know, the partner for criticizing is complaining. <laughs> that's how it begins to uh, get ready. Complaining is the partner that goes into criticize. You begin to see, you begin to see the deeper, the deeper things of what the Holy Spirit is showing. So who would think from reading that scripture in Exodus, little by little, I'll drive them out before you and understand that only the Holy Spirit can allow us to understand it like this. You begin to see that each tribe holds a different characteristic and personality of Satan's kingdom that wants to take the place of God in your heart. So bless you all. I want you to be encouraged because God is allowing us to see deeper. I want you to be encouraged. God is allowing us to see deeper. Remember I told you in the beginning of Bible studies, the teaching is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, the whole point of this teaching is to allow you to be a pure 
blameless person before God, to live in holiness and reverence and intrusive before him. This is the only reason I believe God is allowing me to see this. I don't read the word of God to preach. I read the word of God to love God. This is the recipe for the Holy Spirit to teach you. I want to read, I want to read the word to have God in my heart. And this is the recipe for the Holy Spirit to teach you. And I pray by the grace of God that every person, woman and man that is listening, can understand this, that the Holy Spirit cannot wait to communicate with you, but he wants a person of truth. And the greatest truth that can come into your heart is when you see something that is not of truth in your heart and you speak it to God. That is the greatest way. I poured my heart to God. And I said, there are many things in my heart that need to be restored, but I give it to you. I opened everything to him so I can be free. And I'll tell you something, there's never been a bad day since I got saved. Because everything is a lesson for me to grow and to mature. Nothing is there to defeat me and to destroy me or to kill me. So I take everything in a way where I can have an, a teachable heart from the Holy Spirit to grow in his ways and become like my Savior, Jesus Christ. So I encourage everyone today, when you ask for this type of discernment to enter your heart, to walk carefully with the Lord, you start to see, am I focusing in the right area? Or am I venturing off in my own understanding or my own strength trying to be someone? You don't need to force God. I hear people every single week, in the name of Jesus, 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 nothing happens. There's a reason for this. God heard you the first time you called his name. He heard, he heard you the first time. I want to call his name in truth. That is the key. When I walk in the truth, him and the Father will come and dine inside of me. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, I declare this. He heard you the first time. The key is to walk in his truth. When you walk in his truth, you ask him once and you walk. So bless you all. Um, I can't wait to be with you all together. We are returning to church next week by the grace of God. We will keep you updated about that. But I'll just share with you why we have church, why we gather, is to become like Christ. It's to form his bride. So Jesus can rest his head as the husband over us. Amen. So one day I'm going to share about how so much of the Christian world today called Jesus out of unbelief. It will shock you. The greatest... Okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll actually stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I have to stop. Anyways, bless you all.
bless you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for your time. And I pray that every person got fed. And I pray that truth entered your heart to, to examine yourself, to see if you are in the Lord. Amen. So I love you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll pray together and close off. Today's prayer is going to be a, a prayer to speak truthfully with God, to have a heart that walks carefully with the Lord. Amen. So I encourage each person here today that when you open your hands, pray for the undoing first. Before God can build a building, he has to dig out the faulty foundations, the, the weeds and the roots that no building can rest on through the Holy Spirit. So remember, a heart that walks carefully with the Lord prays for the undoing first before the adding. Please get this right and you will flourish. So let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. And words can't express how much you've done for each one of us, both seen and unseen. Father, I worship you. And I give you all the glory because Jesus said no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. Thank you, God, our Father, that you have become our Father. And manifested yourself through your Son, Jesus. Today we enter into the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. I thank you that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. I pray for the spirit of grace to undo every work of the devil in Jesus' name. I command the devil to leave every heart today in the name of Jesus Christ. For we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son that you love. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that Satan is defeated publicly, triumphing over him by the cross. And today I declare the blood of Jesus over their minds, their hearts, their bodies, and their families. And I declare today, Lord, that we can live in your peace. We can live in your rest. We can live in your love all the days of our lives by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray from today that you undo all the works of the devil and bring it to the light so we can be true to you and so that we can love you with all our heart, our strength, and our might. And I pray from today, Lord, that we can walk in holiness and truth in the fear of God, which is all by your grace. I declare it over the whole body today. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us. I give all the glory to the Lord Jesus. And I thank you for every word that you have spoken to us that allows us to grow, to discern, and flourish in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus that we are in right standing because of your mercy and because of your blood. And I thank you that from today, 
anything that is done in our hearts is to allow us to grow before you, not to destroy us. And for that alone, I thank you. Amen. 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 Bless you all. And for all the people that are listening on Facebook, thank you for listening. And uh, by the grace of God, we are going to be back next week. Uh, Bible studies will give you confirmation. And I pray that you can all become part of this so we can walk truly before God. Amen. Love you all in the Lord Jesus and bless you all.